Welcome to Simply by Grace, a podcast of Grace Life Ministries with founder and director, Dr. Charlie Bing. This podcast and other helpful resources can be found at our website, gracelife.org. Now, here's Dr. Bing. Welcome to another Simply by Grace podcast. I think you'll enjoy today's podcast. We're glad that you joined us. Simply by Grace is a ministry that tries to share the grace of God with uh, those who don't know about it, those who need to know about it, those who might already know about it, but want a deeper appreciation of it. You can go to our gracelife.org website and find out about our resources. And thank you for tuning into this podcast. And also hope that you tune into next week's Grace Story. I think you'll uh, people really have enjoyed those Grace Stories. I think you'll enjoy next week's as well. I'm talking today to an old friend. That maybe that's in, meant in two ways. <laughs> We've known each other a good while. Uh, Dr. Kenny Hodges. Uh, Kenny's been a special, special friend, and he's also on the, uh, he, besides his pastoral ministry that he'll tell you about, and his uh, doctoral work that we're going to talk about, he's also on the board of the Free Grace Alliance. And we happen to be here at the end of a Free Grace Alliance regional conference in Starkville, Mississippi, at his old home church. So it's kind of a homecoming for him. His people love him here, and they're happy to see him. You since moved away to Houston, right? That's correct. Anyway, Kenny, we're glad to have you today. Glad to be here. Glad I can help. Well, I've introduced you a little bit, but tell us about your, your path to ministry. How did you end up here, and now you're in Houston? Well, I grew up in the church, but as most young teenagers, I held down the back row. <laughs> Wasn't very committed. And then in college, I quite accidentally came to this church when it was at its old location, and I heard the, the Bible taught clearly, verse by verse. I saw an illustration that uh, I saw the difference between being justified by faith alone and being sanctified by living the Christian life, and things began to make sense to me. So I got excited about ministry. Uh, when I graduated from Mississippi State in 74, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up, so... I went to Florida Bible College for a year and got some training, and they were a good uh, free grace school. From there on to Dallas Seminary, where I graduated in 1980. From Dallas, I, um, I worked in that area for a little while, but in 1987, moved back to Mississippi and began working with the, actually the church where I grew up. Stayed there for a year. Uh, that was, no, that was 86. In 87, I moved here to Starkville, and I was here until 2020, so about a 33-year period working with the church I went to in college, music minister for the first 18 years, mm -hmm. and then senior pastor for 13 years. Yeah, I think we should probably mention the great influence in your life, uh, the, the, who was pastoring when you came. Yeah, actually, Dr. Jim Clark, but nobody called him that. Everybody called him Knapp, and uh, he had a tremendous influence on the life of especially young men. I mean, I'm looking at a picture on the wall here in the library of seven guys from a little small church. They were all at Dallas Seminary together, and there were many others that followed. So he motivated us to, to serve Christ, and yet with a free grace message. Yeah, so he left a great legacy, and that's why yeah. he received the Trophy of Grace Award last year at that's our right. international conference um, in the Fort Worth area. So after you felt it was time to leave this church, you've been here quite a while. You left yeah. it in good hands. I was here for quite a while, and you know, it, it wasn't, nobody wanted me to leave, and I was actually in a great position, but I had this little nudging that maybe it was time for some younger blood, and, and uh, you know, I'd been, again, I'd been associated with the church for 50 years, 
And uh, mm -hmm. so I, my daughter, I told my daughter wherever she ended up settling, she's a doctor in the Houston area, mm -hmm. that I would eventually move close to her to enjoy our grandchildren, which, by the way, we're still waiting on. Yeah. But um, So we moved in 2020 to the Houston, Texas area, and uh, I got involved with Grace School of Theology. I've taught some courses there. Uh, I've had to pull back a little bit because I have a voice issue right now. I'm trying to get cleared up. Uh, I was asked to do the be the music minister at a Free Grace Church there in the Woodlands, which I do. And then I've got a, my own uh, 501c3 ministry called Two Circles Ministries that um, I try to do podcasts and vlogs and do some writing for on a regular basis. Okay. Well, that's a good motive to be near your family when you, yeah. you when you decide to retire, and it's also good that you retire on a high note. You yeah, want, you don't want to be asked to leave. <laughs> that's right. And I wouldn't run out on a rail. I was. They're, they're glad to actually see oh, me. Oh, they when were. They just. Uh, they love seeing you here. I can see that, and they were happy to have you. So you ended up at Grace School of Theology, which we're both very familiar with, and uh, you decided to go and get your doctor of ministry degree. Yeah. What happened was in about 2014, I think it was. I had Dr. Fred Shea come in and do a men's retreat for us, and I'd had Dave Anderson and different ones come. You actually came and did some stuff for us. It wasn't a men's retreat, but you spoke yeah, at a conference. Yeah, I've been here a long time ago, yeah. Yeah, and uh, on the ride up from Jackson, I was just talking about Fred, about what he had just become the uh, dean of the doctrinal program, and uh, he said, you ever thought about getting your doctorate? <laughs> he was recruiting me. I said, man, it's been, it's been like 40 years since I've done academics. He said, oh, yeah, but we're... The D-Men is for uh, pastors that have experience that want to sharpen their skills. So mm -hmm. he talked me into starting the doctrinal program, and I did in 2015, and I graduated in 2020. And uh, the funny thing was I signed up, started my first course, and then found out I had cancer. <laughs> yeah. And but So I, I was fighting cancer and all kind of stuff all through the program, but it was a wonderful experience. So. Yeah. And you're, and you're still dealing with cancer today. Yeah, and that, I still, will, that will remind our listeners to say a prayer for you. Yeah, I appreciate any prayers. For yeah, that. We, we will pray for you. We continue to do that um, and as you seek some treatment for that. Well, what I wanted to talk about would be of great interest to our listeners is since you know this church inside and out for 50 years, you based your D-Men project based on your experiences here compared to some other churches and how it relates to what we call free grace theology. Can you... Explain the uh, the premise and the thesis of your dissertation or yeah, project. When, when we're, of course, when you're getting your doctorate, they start about two years before you graduate saying, now start thinking about what you want to do. And initially, I, I thought of some areas of theology. I love theology that I wanted to write on. And Dr. Chase said, you know, you're, you're kind of a unique guy because you've been associated with one church for a very long time, and it's a free grace church. Maybe you ought to think about a case study. And so I thought through it, and uh, what I decided to do was a case study on the effects of free grace theology over an extended period of time on people in a, in, at Emmanuel Baptist Church. So that was the title. So what I wanted to study was, did, does free grace theology actually make a difference any more than, say, Lordship or Reformed or Arminian? How did our people line up as good disciples compared to others? And, and I'll tag on to that, that this is a solidly free grace church. It's not a wishy-washy church no, no, trying no. to figure out where it's at. It's not a hodgepodge of theology. You have always been strongly free grace here yeah. in a good way. And, and so it's a good model. As a matter of fact, in our church doctrinal covenant, there's a specific sentence that says you can't hire a pastor that's not free grace. <laughs> that's, we we that's, wrote that in about 25 years ago. That, that would 
be good for a lot of churches to, <laughs> to do that. So uh, how did you proceed with the study then? Well, I was trying to think of how, how can I, you know, how do you compare apples to apples with a statement like that? And so what I decided to do was I, I, I did a bunch of research on national surveys of youth. I used a couple of Barner surveys. I used one, uh, another survey that asked, and I took all of these questions that they ask, and, and you know, the surveys would have published the percentage of kids that answered certain ways. I wrote each one of the survey originators or whoever did them, and I asked permission. I said, can I use these same questions for a doctrinal project I'm doing? And I think there were a couple of others that I didn't get permission, but I got permission from the four big ones. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote a questionnaire, a survey, about 50 questions, the exact same questions that were on these national surveys, with the exception if it said such and such, I, I would put in the name of our church, how did a manual, you know, but it was the exact wording, same questions. Okay. Trying to go apples for apples. And what I wanted to see was how would our young people answer these questions, and then look at the national averages of how the other kids responded. These are church kids that they're surveying? Yeah, what I did, now I, I could have used kids from the whole 50 years, but I just, I limited the survey to kids that had been under my 12 years as senior pastor. Now I did a second survey on all adults that had attended a manual for that period of time, and I've got some good answers on that too, but um, I wanted to see how our kids measured up. Because as you know, the charge is, we often hear, if you teach free grace theology, people are going to go live as they please. Yeah, yeah. In fact, that's what we heard this weekend is that someone was, oh, he's immoral. He believes in free grace theology. No, he's not immoral. He's a good guy. No, he's immoral. <laughs> he believes in free grace theology. Yeah. So the assumption is made yeah. that if you believe in free grace theology, eternal security, that you're living an immoral life. That's exactly right. And that's something. So the other research companies, though, who, they, what was, who were they surveying? Were they surveying... They were, they were saving that same, they were saying, they surveyed uh, all across, but they divided them up. They, they surveyed the, the, the Catholic, the uh, black church, the what they would call mainline Methodist, and then the, what they would call, I don't know the exact term, but the more dedicated. So that they grouped them into the kids who said they were they were dedicated. They went every Sunday, okay. Wednesday to, to the kids who were just marginal, and they, and they categorized But they're all associated them. with the church. That all associated the with service. the church, okay. yeah. So tell us a little bit about what you found. Well, we had a number of categories, but what I found was in every single category be, be things like, uh, did, you, did you feel... Now, I asked the questions that they did. Are, are you more inclined to... Uh, how do you... Uh, what what do you feel like your relationship with God is, you know, mm -hmm. on a percent of good, very good. Da, da. In every situation, every one of my kids always answered at least as good as the most committed group. Wow. Because they had a group they called the most committed. Mm -hmm. And they might score in the, the 60, 70, 80 percentile. Our kids would always at least match or exceed the most committed group in every category. Hmm. Wow. Okay. What what kind uh, what other categories were there? Oh goodness, now I don't have it in front of me. But right. I, I asked things like, um, let's see, some of the questions were, I, I, I on a separate survey I did I asked them things like, well, do you know for certain you have eternal life, or do you if you, did you grow up 
had you heard Free Grace teaching before you came to Emmanuel and things like that? Can, can we just pause on that one because assurance is such a big issue? Yeah. Do you know for sure that you have eternal life? How, how did the uh, Starkville youth do it? Well, it's, the answer to that question, 99%, 96 out of 97 kids said yes. My goodness. They were certain. And um, 78, or 73% of them grew up under teaching here, but 21% uh, grew up uh, outside of that, so they came in later and heard mm -hmm. the message. And so the consistency of the free grace message over all that time they they just heard the difference between they understood that the moment they believed in Christ they were justified forever. Okay, but the next question is how did that compare with the other youth? Oh, the other, other group, churches? many of them, yeah. The, well, well, the national surveys actually, I don't think they even ever asked that particular question. Oh, okay. uh, do you know you have eternal life? I, I'm I'm not sure that's one they they ask. But I'm telling you, that's an incredible figure. Ninety six out of ninety seven, just from my personal experience, you go to almost any church, yeah, and it's hard to find that percentage of anybody adults or youth who are sure that they're going to heaven yeah there's so much confusion about the gospel yeah um, you know and I had I had one or two I had one particular now now the way you do a blind study obviously is you don't know who's answering you you, mm -hmm. you set it up where they put a code in that's unique mm -hmm. to them and so I don't I don't know which kid was answering what question right but I had one person and you could kind of tell it was the same person all the way through that had walked away from the faith, and, and they were answering pretty negative on but But one out of about 100 kids was uh, pretty amazing to me. I thought that, that is amazing. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. What, what are some of the other things that you discovered that maybe surprised you or? Uh, well, um, I asked the question uh, to kids. One of the big problems on these national surveys is that when kids leave high school to go to college, a huge percentage of them drop out of the faith. Mm -hmm. They stop going to church. And so I asked that particular question, and that was one of the ones on the national surveys. Are they called the nuns? Yeah, I guess. They, the, they call them the nuns. No, yeah. no religion. No, no religion, no, no that's right. And on the national surveys, the percentage was pretty high. But the percentage of our kids, and we had a few, and later on in the comments they would say, well, I just haven't found a good church. I'm not going to church right now. But it wasn't that they had chunked their religion. Right. But we had a high percentage that kept right on, found a good church at their college, and kept going in the faith, way above the national average. So that's very personally gratifying to you to hear oh, that yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like in Second John, there, I have no greater joy than to hear my children are walking in the truth. And mm -hmm. so that's what we live for. Mm -hmm. And it, tell, tell us, can you tell us more about what you discovered? Is there anything else? Well, let me tell you a little bit about the survey I did of that was the youth survey. The adult survey, I, I made it only 10 questions. I didn't want them to get bogged down, but <clears throat> the first question I asked them was, how long did you attend Emmanuel? And, and most of them had been here about 80% of the time, but you had some that hadn't been here too long. Most of them were above 50, 50%, but the rest scattered down. I asked them, did, were they raised in a Christian home? 84% uh, said yes, 15% or so said no. Then I ask him an interesting question. Do you believe in Jesus as a child or an adult? 86% said we believed as a child. Mm -hmm. and, and the point of that is so important to yes. reach children with the gospel. Yes. That's yeah. the age that they hear and respond. Mm -hmm. um, now I ask him, did you understand the basics of free grace teaching that eternal life is a gift you receive by faith and that it's a permanent possession? And that's the one where 99% said, yeah, they understood it. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And then the next question was, do you know for sure you have eternal life? Again, 99%. Um, we got to go find that one guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Who is that? I'm not. As a pastor, it's the one, the one sheep that you always <laughs> mourn over. What That's did right. I do wrong with that guy, you know? <laughs> now, here's the question, though. Here's the charge. As you know, there have been a number of books written criticizing free grace theology mm -hmm. as not, quote, the full, whole gospel truth and all this kind of stuff. And so I ask this question, because of the certainty of eternal life that's taught in free grace theology, uh, what has been your experience? Do you understand God's free grace and salvation? Has it motivated you to a deeper walk with God? Ninety-five percent said yes. Mm. Uh, I asked him, do you, understanding God's grace, has it made no real difference? Well, only 4% said it hadn't made a mm -hmm. difference. Nobody said that it you know, made no difference at all. Mm -hmm. um, I asked this question, interesting. Does free grace theology, it teaches the difference between the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne. Do you understand that difference in the judgments? 80% said yes. 15% uh, said they weren't sure, and again, that bugged me because I, I taught that all the time. Mm -hmm. But I thought, well, who didn't mm -hmm. understand it? And only 4% said they didn't understand it. Yeah. And Eschatology so is an issue that sometimes people have, have a trouble getting their getting, mind, or, you know? mind around. But, yeah. um, um, and then I asked him, ask them, do, does the teaching of eternal rewards and the possibility of becoming a joint heir with Christ motivate you to serve Him? Because... Uh, you know, the, the whole thing that free grace, grace theology has no motivations to serve Christ, 86% mm -hmm. said yes, it does motivate them. And then I asked, do you think the free grace distinction between initial justification, receiving eternal life, and sanctification, living the Christian life, has helped you in your understanding of the Bible? 98% said yes. Hey. That's great. That's a really, really, really good number. Well, you asked the question about does understanding uh, that salvation is free and secure, does it motivate you to serve God, something like that. Yeah. But did you ask the reverse question, which is obviously answered by the uh, answer to the first question, but the reverse question would be does understanding free grace theology and eternal security motivate you to sin? You didn't ask that question. I didn't ask it exactly that way, I don't think. Uh, in that survey, but... Um, well, it's, I, what I'm saying is it's implied in the answer yeah. when they say, no, it motivates me to yeah. serve God. But now I have, I have some quotes from some of the people. I asked them at the end, would you like to write a comment? Okay. And I've got some comments, and they're pretty, uh, they're pretty good. Oh, I'd love to hear them. Um, but I did ask the question, if you, came to, if you came to Emmanuel from a different theological background that did not teach free grace theology... Has free grace theology made a difference in your walk with God? 63% said, yes, mm -hmm. it has. Mm -hmm. That came out of a different... And 30% said, I grew up in a free church. So, so actually, only about 4% said no, or, didn't, or mm -hmm. they didn't know. Okay. So, but I had some really, really great comments. One responder said, having grown up in a lordship church and a performance-oriented home, I was constantly fearful and doubtful about my relationship with God. Understanding grace, how it works in both eternal salvation and earthly light, has allowed me to be, fear to be less fearful and serve Him and other people with joy. Amen. And that's what you want to hear. That's what you want to hear. That's your paycheck. Yeah. People that love to serve the Lord because they're, they're, they understand their security in Him. Mm. Another one said, I grew up in a works-based church, an Arminian church. 
I learned what that meant in a manual. <laughs> I lived in constant defeat and fear that my good would not be good enough, that I'd end up in hell. Living that way is hell mm -hmm. because I had no relationship and I distanced myself from him because I was scared of him. Wow. No relief. Confession brought fleeting salve, but not true relief. And he says, when I, the bondage of sin was broken for me was the first time I understood free grace. I learned verses like Romans 3.23, 6.23.8.3, the book of John, you know, all these things. He said, we, we had in my other church seven steps to salvation, all verses out of context. Mm. But when we took the Foundations in Grace class, well, I had never heard of sanctification as a separate entity. It was all about, you know, it said that it, what all this other stuff totally demeaned the cross the, but the work has already been done. I bloomed in relationship, getting close to God rather than being a bondservant of self and hiding from Him. Bloomed, I like that. Yeah, Choice I mean, and words. so many folks that are in Christianity are in bondage and they don't even know it. They think that's what it is. That's what really weighs heavy on my heart is our, you know, most of the third world, we might say, and even most of the, the, the developed countries labor under the Arminian fear of losing salvation. And, it, it, their faith is not a joy to them. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a source of fear and worry and stress. They don't sleep well at night, some of them tell me, until they discover the freedom of, and security that grace brings to them. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Those are great comments. You that, got more? That's, a, that's a big issue is eternal security. Yeah. And that, that's kind of what I try to do with my little two circles illustrations. The big circle is the family, and you're secure in the family. Mm -hmm. Now, you may or may not be in fellowship, that's, and that's with children, right? Mm -hmm. There are children, but it's not every day that we're completely happy with them if they're doing bad stuff, but we're not, not going to kick them out of our family. And God's the same way. He loves us with the same everlasting love. Amen. I want, to, I want you to explain the two circles in a little while. Do you have any other comments? Um, no, I think uh, I, I have a bunch of these there? testimonies, but they all kind of say the same thing. That, uh, <laughs> well, know, that, testimony that, after testimony. And one of them says, My clear understanding between the distinction between justification and sanctification, sanctification helped me understand why I could have assurance of salvation and points me clearly to the depth of God's amazing love and grace. So that really is a key to understanding the difference between justification and sanctification, between initial salvation and then growing in that salvation. Yeah. And yeah. so many people... You know, you, you wrote a book and you called it A Truth, B Truth, but it's the same truth, the idea exactly. that there's a difference between the two. Because if you don't make that distinction you end up make, taking a lot of verses out of context and assuming that they're talking about salvation and it ends up being your works that earn you salvation. But we understand that those works earn us rewards and that's why the judgment seat of Christ is so crucial that's absolutely in the right. free grace theology, theological system. That's right. So The idea that free grace teaches get saved and live and you please is, is ludicrous. We, no free grace teacher teaches that. I've never heard anybody teach that. No. No. There's probably somebody somewhere that does it. I've heard a couple reports. I always would ask classes, have you ever found anybody who says, I'm secure, I'm, I can't lose my salvation, I'm going to do whatever I want. I almost never get a hand stuck in yeah. the air for that. One or two times people have said, I know somebody that did that. Hmm. So they're out there. And, yeah. and Paul warned, uh, not Jude warned about those who would 
pervert the grace of yeah. God into license, yeah. but they probably weren't saved anyway. Yeah. They just use grace as an excuse. Well, the thing about grace and, and the freeness of it, it is possible to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Some theologies say, well, you can't do that or you weren't saved, but clearly there are people in the Bible that shipwreck their faith. Yeah. But I don't know of anybody in my circle, in the big circle of free grace teachers, that teach, teach anything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, here's my observation testimony from being with the folks here at the Manual church where you pastored. I've been here, this is, I don't know, third or fourth time. I don't know, something like that. But every time I come, the people, there's no problem getting them out to a conference, studying the Word of God, knowing the Bible. It's a delight to talk to them and, and to speak to them and speak with them. Their knowledge of the Bible is very high. Um, they're, they're truly motivated by grace. And of course, we attribute, I'm going to attribute a lot of that to you. Um, uh, how would you characterize how you feel about your ministry here uh, over the years? Um, I'm, I'm pleased with the teaching and all that I've done. I tried to carry on the tradition. I was trained by a great man. Um, you know, you look back, you always kind of think about, well, what could I have done differently? I wish I'd have had a little more time to spend one-on-one -on -one with people. Um, you know, I, and I've got dear, wonderful friends. Mm -hmm. I spent time well, the, with The them. life of a pastor... Yeah. Sometimes it just doesn't allow that. Yeah, it doesn't. It's a hectic, um, hectic life. I had a wonderful group of elders, five guys that we met every week and prayed and and just uh, had a wonderful relationship with them. Everyone I was on, on board with Free Grace Theology. Mm. <clears throat> Amen. So what what you did then was a project that, <laughs> and, and, and it's, it's a small study. It's not a yeah. not what a nationwide study, but you ha you have a model church that's taught consistently. Free Grace Theology, and what the study shows is that the people who go to this church regularly or were grown, raised up in this church do much better as far as issues with security and Christian living and, and their relationship with God than the general population of church-going youth and adults. Absolutely. That, clearly, that's what the, uh, what the survey showed. And on top of that, and I, didn't, I don't think I even mentioned this in the survey, out of this church... Over the past 50 years, there's probably been over 10, 15, maybe even 20 people that have gone into the pastorate, wow. full-time ministry, missionaries. I mean, the, the people that have not gone beyond just normal Christian life to committed Christian service is amazing. That is amazing. That's great to hear, too. So that's in the face of the accusation that Free Grace Theology teaches us to live a loose, sinful lifestyle. Yeah. The complete opposite is true. Yeah. Because when we understand God's grace, we want we we fall deeper in love with Him. Absolutely, and we serve Him out of love and gratitude. It appears to me that the church in America today is somewhat like the Galatian church that we might understand salvation by grace, but then they want to go back under law to mm -hmm. to live it, to keep it, to prove it. All these and they just they get it. They marry justification and sanctification. And then it becomes mm -hmm. a quagmire of trying to figure out uh, what's going on in your so life. You're so right about that. That's why I say that Grace Life, our purpose is to uh, teach grace to uh, the unbeliever, and the, the gospel of grace to the unbeliever, and the grace of the gospel to the believer. Absolutely. Because believers Absolutely. tend to get back under that performance system yeah. and then start having doubts. Because every time we look at our own performance and our own works, we're always going to have doubts because yeah. none of us is 100% perfect. That's right. So, I like uh, what Dr. Dave Anderson is a friend who says, is, the hardest thing for an unbeliever is to accept the gospel freely by grace 
<laughs> the hardest thing for an unbeliever is to accept the Christian life freely by grace. You mean a believer? I mean the believer. Yeah. I've said it backwards, yeah. Hard the unbeliever, thing. it's hard to accept the gospel freely by grace. The yeah. believer, it's hard to accept the Christian life freely by grace. But they both are freely by grace. They're both by grace. And Absolutely. they neither, I mean, that doesn't teach you to sin. Mm -hmm. I mean, Romans 6, Paul says, Do we, does grace abound that we can sin? Heaven forbid. You, you don't understand grace if you believe that. Or is it Titus uh, 2, 11 through 13? Oh, the yeah. grace of God has appeared to all men, teaching us. Teaching us. To deny ungodliness. Yeah, worldly lust. And uh, live righteously in godly lives. So it's very scriptural. Your survey supports that. Very gratifying to you as a person. And you've developed an illustration that you use to explain this with people. It's called the two circles illustration. Yeah. Can you walk us through that real quickly? Sure. We're going to have to try to visualize it for people. Yeah, that, that circle, those two circles actually come from Knapp Clark. The first time I ever came to Emmanuel as a confused college student that had grown up in a local Baptist church and didn't understand anything, he drew those little two circles illustration on an overhead projector. We didn't have PowerPoint back in that day. And it's, it's kind of like a light bulb came on in my mind. I said, that makes sense. And so I got excited about studying the Bible. And so I've used that illustration all my life. And what he, what, what he would do and what I do, you make the point that God's righteous, we're sinful, and we can't fix it. Good works, all that kind of, no matter what you do, church member, none of that's going to take care of the righteousness issue that we have. <laughs> And he said, that's why Jesus died on the cross to pay for sin. And he would draw a cross with a little up arrow, fish hook on it, saying Christ didn't just die on the cross, he rose from the dead, and he'd illustrate it. And then he'd write sin on one side and then cross through it and say, what sin did Christ die for on the cross? Well, the answer is all sin, mm -hmm. past, present, future. But he would, then he would go on to say, but just because Christ had died for your sin, and he would draw that cross with the fish hook. He'd draw a great big circle and say, that doesn't put you in the family of God automatically. What you have to do is believe. He'd point an arrow toward the cross and write believe above it. You have to believe in Jesus Christ. You know, you don't, you don't have to know everything about him, but you have to at least know who he was. He claimed to be God in the flesh and what he did. He and Savior from paid, our sin. Yeah, he paid, mm -hmm. offers eternal life. And say, so when you believe in him, he gives you life. You become his child. You, you get righteousness imputed to your account. And he would write all those things in the big circle, and he'd say, all that happens the moment you believe. You are in the family of God, and you're eternally secure. But then he would draw a little smaller circle in the middle of the big circle and say, this circle represents your fellowship or your walk with God. Now, you can be in the family, and you can be walking with God, which is what God wants you to do. But sometimes your, your walk or your fellowship may falter. You know, there may be a certain sin in your life that gets you out of fellowship with God. And what you have to do, he would use 1 John 1, 9. If you, we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins <clears throat> and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. You get back in fellowship and walk with him. And then over time, as you walk in fellowship, then you can grow to maturity. And, and he used that over and over. Then he would draw these little stick figures. He'd draw one with a plus on his head saying, this guy's got the righteousness of God. And then he'd draw a little guy outside the circle with a minus on his head. And he'd say, everybody in this room is one of these two people. You've either trusted Christ and you have eternal life and you're in his family, 
or you haven't. Hmm. Which one are you? Mm -hmm. And if you're not in, it's really simple. He'd quote John 3.16 or Ephesians 2.8.9 or something say, just believe in Jesus and he'll give you eternal life right where you're sitting. Well, that's a wonderful, simple illustration. You've got two circles. The big circle means that you're in the family of God through faith in Jesus Christ. You cannot escape the big circle, but the small circle inside is now you can enjoy fellowship with God, but that can change. That's variable depending yeah. on how you please God or cooperate with Him or yeah. disobey Him. So you can go in and out of that, but you're never outside the family of God. That's right. And this First John, you know, if we if if we walk in the light as He is in mm -hmm. the light, you know, we have we have fellowship. And so that little circle, I would say, would be the the same equivalent of walking with the Lord in in the light in fellowship. But if you choose to walk in darkness, God's not going to disown you as His child. But you're not going to be in. I tell people, if you want to walk out of fellowship with God, what you're going to be doing is tripping over everything that gets in the way, and you're going to stub your nose, and you're, you know, there, there are going to be consequences of your sin that you mm -hmm. don't have to have as a believer. Mm -hmm. Now we're back to the judgment seat of Christ, where we yeah. have to give an account. So. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it all fits together very nicely. So that's a great illustration. If people want to see that, they can go to your website, and why don't you tell them about that? Okay, it's www.the2circles.org. Circles.org, the two circles.org. I have about a 10 minute illustration on PowerPoint where I talk people through the illustration right on the very front page. And then there are links to my little vlogs and podcasts and number, num, numerous other things on there. Uh, if they would like to read my dissertation and see all the statistics and studies that I did here, it's on the website. You have to go up into the menu to, uh, I think it's resources or something like that. Give us a little tease about uh, your podcast and what you want to accomplish there. Yeah, I have one that I call Wednesday in the Word. And all it is, uh, actually I'm going through Titus 2, 11 through 14, oh. but I, I wrote a little Sunday school study here back in 2005 that was 14 chapters on those three or four little verses. And I take them through the gospel, what the finished work of the Christ, eternal security, uh, living by grace, denying worldly goods. I talk about legalism. I kind of go through the gamut through there as an introductory for new members. Mm -hmm. And then I also required anybody that was going to be a teacher had to go through that to, so to make sure that they were grounded really well. So I'm in the process of writing a book on that now. But my, my little Wednesday in the Word is just about 10 to 12 minute snippets going through that process. I try to keep them short so people will have time to listen. Mm -hmm. Now the second one I did was 24 minutes and I thought, oh gosh, I've got to cut this down. I'm making them a little long but because I know people are busy. The other one I do is, is a, is a uh, podcast. It's a vlog, a video, kind of like what we're doing, but it's, it is with video mm -hmm. of, um, I call it Theological Thoughts. And the purpose of it is practical theology on different subjects, different thoughts. And the one I'm doing right now is on suffering. And I just posted one last Friday with Dr. Fred Che, who wrote a book called Suffering Successfully. Right. And I've got a number of friends that have had, you might call them tragedies, or that have suffered in different areas of life. And I just want to talk with them for five or ten minutes about what did God teach you through that? How did you handle that theologically? Did you get mad at God? Did, you know, it's, it's just dealing with life on a real practical level. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great. Well, I was going to say, maybe we could do a podcast about suffering sometime, but all they need to do is go to your website and get on your podcast, and you'll be talking about that in depth. So. Yeah, yeah. So that's great to know that's there. Well, I hope people will follow up and, and visit your website, the2circles.org, number two. 
using the number two. Well, Kenny, appreciate the time that you've taken with us. And uh, it, it's exciting, the project that you did and the results that you found like that. I know it's gratifying to you. Um, what would you say to listeners out there who were not from a free grace perspective and they're still dealing and struggling with doubts? Uh, what would you tell them right now as we close? Well, I would say that if, if you understand the grace of God and how much He loves you and what Jesus did for you on the cross, when He said it is finished in John 19, ask yourself what was finished. Mm -hmm. Well, I would say it was the final complete payment for your sin. Mm -hmm. And then when you realize that, that He's paid for your sin, that that your justification is no longer an issue. And that's Romans 5.1. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. You fact. can have peace because that's an accomplished fact. And then learn to live your life for Him, realizing that how you live your life can never change what He did for you on the cross. And if you believed in Him, you are secure in His hand. And you can rest in that. And that frees you up to serve Him. I like to say it puts a smile on your heart. Oh, yeah. It gives you great joy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> As those testimonies have uh, explained to us. Well, thank you, Kenny, for being with us today. Glad to be here. Enjoyed it. And I hope that uh, you enjoyed listening to uh, Kenny explain uh, his project and what it means to believe in free grace and how that really does enrich our lives. And if you're struggling with issues about the assurance of your sal salvation, like Kenny said, Jesus said it's finished. It's done. He, there's nothing you can add to what he's done. He won't put you on probation. It's a once and for all transaction. When you believe in him as Savior, uh, he gives you eternal life, and that eternal life means eternal. And that means that you will not lose it. He will not take it back. You cannot be kicked out of the family, that first circle. And then you can learn to walk with God. That's the second circle. That's fellowship. That's sanctification. But we make a distinction between those two. So if uh, you have any doubts today, place your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior. He'll save you because he's, he's not a liar. He keeps his promises. Thank you for listening today and uh, drop us a comment. Give us a good rating. We appreciate that. Share this podcast with friends who need to hear it because there's so many out there who are struggling with some of these issues. So thanks for being with us today. Until all here. Thank you for listening. For more resources or to help spread the message of God's life-changing grace, visit our website at gracelife.org. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a message at simplybygrace at gracelife.org. See you next time.